I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. everybody welcome to episode one of the itr collision cast my name is kenny and i'm going to be joined every week by robert duffin robert people are very shocked to hear that in their ears that every week they will be hearing from you hold me closer tiny kenneth <laughs> it's the first episode of the collision cast now collision cast there's been some debate about what we should call this. Um, My idea well, was shot I, down. My idea was what shot was down. What was your idea? I thought that we should call it the collision come down. Not, okay, because, like, not because you've been rattling the gear the night before, but because <laughs> um, you, you, it's such an epic show that you're on a come down from the euphoria that you experience. That does make Look, that does make sense, right? But I am a filthy-minded man, <laughs> and I just couldn't hear that. I mean, you, like last night, listeners. Um, I mean, we are somewhat in a come down. Um, this yeah. this show has no this show has no sponsors, but no. Um, I was trying out. <laughs> what was your suggestion? Where is this? Where is this going? Um, no, last night I was um, testing out these these new uh, dead man fingers margarita cans. They were. <laughs> I am on. I am on a come down because they were pretty lethal, but. I just I just heard that phrase and I just followed it through. I was like collision come down, collision come cast, collision come in your face, collision come shot. 
with CM Spunk. Like I just thought the word <laughs> people were just gonna people were gonna make rude things. I don't I don't know. I, I say that we go with Collision Cast because it's a mm-hmm. nice sort of generic uh, weekly recap show. But if you are listening and you think you have the definitive name. Now I know we're opening up, our, we're opening ourselves up here to a tidal wave of shit. But um, maybe, maybe someone, maybe someone listening has a, a great name. They've just been sitting on. They just don't have a podcast, so they just. I've got this great name for a collision recap podcast show, but I just don't have a podcast, so I can't use it. And they would gift it to us. Um, but yeah, collision come. Oh, maybe it should be the collision come down. I don't know because there is too much of a connotation to what that is i think perhaps unfortunately now i should mention before we go any further because i feel like i should have mentioned this right at the open we are releasing this episode on the main itr feed as well but this is a oh my god that was that was a lot of cum chat for the main feed i know i know i should have thought of that but um (laughs) this is a patreon only podcast for the reason (laughs) there'll be so much more there'll be even more filth (laughs) <laughs> when we go behind, when we go behind the paywall, <laughs> should I, should I put the the med roll in right now for the main feed? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so uh, this is going to be a Patreon only podcast. But uh, the first episode is going up on Monday on the main feed, so you can just hear the gist of what the collision. The what? <laughs> the gist. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The gist. Send us something else. Send us something else. <laughs> of, um, um, of what we're going to be talking about. Which yeah. is this is called um, this is uh, capitalist Kenny here trying to give you a little <laughs> trying to give you a little teaser of the action and then when you're like mm, got any more of that cumcast then you, you've got to pay for the rest of it. <laughs> you should have listened to that uh, that CM Spunk podcast I heard yesterday. <laughs> um, what, so uh, for, so you know obviously we used to do we we founded Inside the Ropes together. I mean the house we, that we built. 11 years ago, 11 years, um, when CM Punk was still in WWE. Um, and then obviously, you know, you left. <laughs> so much has changed. You took your ball, you went home to find your smile. Yes. You never found it. Um, Kenny was you... like, you will podcast with that staff infection. <laughs> yeah, you I, like, I can't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so you, we've done like original recipe stuff sporadically throughout the years. Um, but it was your idea to, to do a weekly collision podcast. Yeah. Tell, tell the people why. Well, I'm, I've I've wanted I, I, so I have wanted to do something um, weekly with you for a long time, but I was never sure about what would. I just felt like, dude, you can't you can't just go back to just doing like a weekly uh, original recipe because you there are, there are a lot of podcasts um, under the banner that cover different things, and you might just be repeating content. Um, so I thought that Collision felt like the the obvious um launching point maybe for something and mm. obviously as i'm sure we were going to bring up at some point aew did launch a, a, another show um not that long ago rampage and we didn't do it then but thanks fuck i know so we're, we're obviously keeping our fingers crossed that collision remains worthy of, of this um so um well i think I, we can I, we can make an agreement with to the people the the collision cast will be around as long as CM Punk is around. <laughs> yes. So this is um, ITR's summer of Spunk. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully by the end of the summer we will still have 
um, <laughs> a, a, a collision show and that um, old uh, old grumpy bollocks is still going to be kicking about making the show must see TV. But yeah, I think I think it makes sense to to you know get the band back together mm-hmm. um, and and check out this this new weekly thing and bring our own little. Um, slice of pizzazz to, to cover it every week. <laughs> well Sondra is very very happy because Sondra was like I've got to now watch another show and I don't oh fuck me this guy at the back garden so there's a guy who's just decided to start drilling something we need to move Frick. Um. anyway I'll walk and talk so um, okay. Sondra's, Sondra's very excited because um, she was, was quite like how am I going to watch another show she's getting married this summer so when I told her that you were going to be coming on board, she was very chuffed. But then she was like, the good thing is, even if he only lasts a few weeks, that'll be enough time for me to get my wedding out of the way. And then I can come back. <laughs> so, so the faith is there for you, Robert, for a long-standing commitment from Sandra. Well, I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. <laughs> and I hope that in the spirit of CM Punk, you do not fire Sandra on her wedding day. Um, that would be a, a terrible <laughs> thing to do. I know that you are still someone who secretly idolizes Vince McMahon, but do not do not be tempted, Kenneth. Do not be tempted. It is t- I, that that weekend, I'm just going to have to be off the grid. Just so I don't do it. Just so it's not like <laughs> you know the, the 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 finger on the button. Um, no, and then I I guess oh you know we will talk. I think it's probably important that like Collision's not going to be the most epic show every week. So you know we will talk about maybe at the end of every episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about? So, you know, at the end of this one, we'll probably mention the Bloodline segment on SmackDown, which we watched oh, last night. sure, yeah. Which sure. was great. So, yeah. And if, yeah, you know, we, can, we can dip our fingers into other pies. <laughs> we can dip our fingers into other pies. Um, so, yeah, well, let, let's just dive in then to the first episode of Collision from last night in Chicago. Um, what was your reaction when Tony Khan tweeted out that he that Sir Elton John is all elite because they're going to be using Saturday Night's All Right for fighting um, for the theme tune. And I, I thought that was an excellent choice. I really like it. I hope that it's not like a, I don't know, like a three-month deal and we go to some generic, like, dun, 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 it's collision. After <laughs> um, a, a little while, um, no shame on any of the other theme tunes. But it's cool. It, it sets it apart. It gives it a unique identity. I saw some people bumping their gums on Twitter like it doesn't feel like a wrestling song and it's like oh i'm really sorry that we've run out of generic new metal bullshit to soundtrack all of our wrestling I and mean, it could be worse as we discussed last night it could be like one of the the really lame modern raw and or smackdown theme tunes so i like it it's a hype song i i, I thought in advance i really hope that they cut out of the opening video package to the crowd for the saturday bit which they did Mm-hmm. Um, swinging the camera around while everyone's going crazy. I think it's a it's a great start to the show, and I am glad that Sir Elton, who was in Glasgow last night, is all elite. And uh, and hopefully you will have an, an Elton John reference for me every week here in the podcast. Yeah, we'll see how many how many weeks. I'm looking forward that. to. I mean, it wouldn't be a mixed tag match, but I'm looking forward to like CM Punk and Elton John versus. <laughs> I don't know Samoa Joe and Garth Brooks or something. I can't think who it would be. <laughs> Maybe it's the heel turn of Taron Egerton. Well, I mean, he's been a heel all along. So. Oh, yeah. um, oh, he's such a disingenuous tit. But anyway, um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, so yeah, the, the, the theme tune is the theme tune is great. Um, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, the idea like, 
this is like an old song. It's like, oh, sorry, we can't have such, you know, classics as this is Rampage, baby. Dun, 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 dun. Fuck me. Um, Elton John, it's great. And the, the memes alone were worth it. Um, if, you know, also with a great song. Um, the commentary team for the show uh, was supposed to be Kevin Kelly, Nigel McGuinness and Jim Ross. Jim Ross obviously had fallen over. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. You uh, are. Good old JR falling over. That's not that's not funny. But I ju- I'm just laughing, remembering what well, we'll get to, but what he sounded like when he turned up on the broadcast. Yeah, so because so because everyone knows that the best way to recover from a fall in a black eye is to smoke ten packs of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but so JR was using the main event, but it was uh, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness who were used as the as the the main commentary team. Obviously, very different uh, voices than Dynamite. Did you like them in the role? I did. I mean, I suppose one of the things that you might find when you are watching any wrestling broadcast in a social situation is that you tend to ignore the commentary a little bit because you're chatting with um, with each other. And so maybe I didn't, maybe some people will feel differently about it. But what I heard, I liked, the, again, this is for, for later in the show. I, I don't know what Kevin Kelly's issue is with Andre. And <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> With Andrade El Idolo, because he just seemed, he said his name like with a different pronunciation every single time. Um, so I, I don't know what was going on there. And he had a few, he flubbed a few lines. He did flub a few lines. So maybe it was first night jitters. Um, but yeah, I thought they were fine. I, I, and I liked that it was not, it, it had its own identity. It had its own identity as a show to have those guys in there. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I think it's important to have different voices. And yeah, I like them. I like Kevin Kelly. I like Nigel McGuinness. I like small doses of Jim Ross. So I think that's that's a good way to go. So, of course, we opened the show. You had said this. Because before we watched the show, we said it as a little, you know, a moose bush to watch the press conference from All Out last year, which is still yeah, on. Brawl out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still on AEW's YouTube channel, so they're still making some buck from it, which is at least good. Um, I mean, I, I, it, to me, it was actually more uh, savage than I remember it being, and and we, you know, we were cackling watching it. But was it different to what you remember it being? Yeah, Punk's press conference. Um, I think that there, what what was fun about watching it, if that is the right word, the. The early stuff, like when he first goes off about uh, Scott Coulter and all that sort of stuff, um, that's the the material that's been recycled loads of times. What hasn't really lived on on social media, I suppose, is some of the stuff that he says later when he he returns to the the scene of the verbal crimes, even though everybody else is trying to desperately to move on. And that's where he gets really catty about uh, like the, the unnamed EVP that, he hates so much which obviously is hangman adam page and yeah there, there's some devastatingly brutal uh lines in there that have not become uh memes in the way that so many other ones have so it was it was fun and, and also when you watch it you you see that yes he was obviously angry but if you watch him um there's a lot of sort of sarcastic eye rolling and he makes faces during people's questions and it, like he is hysterical like it is hysterical if you sort of divorce from the fact that it's you know a guy sitting next to his you know his boss yeah no i i think i think yeah i think i think i think the, the one that, that reminds me that, that i didn't think about as much that we when we were watching it was 
when he sort of said that you you know people who because somebody had asked the question about working with veterans right that was the question that somebody mm. had asked about you know what do you make oh you, yeah it was Dominic D'Angelo who actually now works for Inside Films but um, he had said um, and he was you know the last time we spoke punk I, I was talking about some of the veterans and you guys have got Sting and Jake the Snake and all these people and um, you know can we learn you know what can people learn from them and then he just obviously goes off on because Paige had made the comment a couple of weeks before All Out that he doesn't really think he needs to listen to anybody, MDLS's advice. And I don't think he, I don't think he said it from what I remember in a, in a scathing way. I think he was just kind of like, you know, it's good that we have them, but I try and just kind of keep to myself and do my own stuff. And Punk just murders him, that, yeah. murders yeah, him, slaughters him. What was it? He's like, say that to fucking Terry Funk's face. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, slaughters him, which. I feel like it's one of those things where uh, maybe if he didn't already have so much bad feelings towards him, he wouldn't have reacted quite as viscerally to it. But he obviously did have bad feelings towards him. So um, I think that sometimes um, I can't decide whether it's like a measured lack of self-awareness with Punk because I'm sure that he probably was someone who was quite, you know, not necessarily doing what everybody thought he should have been doing when he was a younger professional wrestler. And, but I don't know if he has that sort of level of awareness about him to, to see, to think like that when he already has bad blood with someone. Yeah. So like there's no, if he wasn't in such a kind of bad place in relationship terms with him, maybe he could be like, okay, I get it. Maybe, maybe I wasn't always, um, you know, as 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 willing to receive advice when I was younger, or or thought I knew better when I was younger, because everyone when they're young thinks they, they know better. But um, but then again, it's what Adam Page is not—he's not like he's twenty-four or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that's not fair either. Maybe that's not fair either. But yeah, it was a it was a scathing rewatch that actually was quite an appropriate uh, rewatch because we had discussed, we assumed both. Uh, correctly that it would open with him um, they were not going to open with like Luchasaurus and Wardlow while everyone's like going like what the fuck like, that's not what we're here for mm-hmm. um, so but I think there, there there was like a direct line between the presser punk and uh, collision punk because he did not turn up on this broadcast last night looking the way he did when he turned up on Rampage um, for the original debut um, he I thought he still looked. He walked out with um, a mouthful of vinegar. He he looked pissed off and ready to crack skulls. It was not the the same. He had a different feel about him when he came out last night. I think. Yeah, you can. Yeah, can you? I mean, we did. We did suspect about him opening, but you'd kind of said maybe like ten minutes, half an hour before you were like, "There is no other choice." Like you had sort of decided. If you know if they put anything else on first, they're insane. Which was true because as soon as that Saturday night's all right for fighting faded down, it was CM Punk chance. That's the first thing there was, and they kind of had to just go with it. So he comes out uh, to open the show. He does this promo. Uh, he's got boots hanging around his neck. He's got a bag that looks like he's got Damien and Jake Snake Snake in there. Yeah, I did say um, to you guys before it that it would have been funny if. He came out with a bag of muffins, like to continue <laughs> on from 
the 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 scrum which so when he walked out with that bag I, I was like yes um but it was it, it, well we well we don't know officially what it was we can only infer based on educated guesses and what he said but um yeah he comes out with the the boots around his neck the bag and yeah just he, he's got the shaved hair um sort of not completely clean shaven but 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 close to he looks like um yeah, he looks kind of like 2013 WWE punk, I guess. And um, before he went away for his little break and came back like with his Wolverine chops. So um, it was, yeah, it, he, he looked angry. He looked like a heel, even though that's not where it went last night. So, but, so you know what I was saying? So rather than me going through everything that he said, just some big thoughts about the promo. What did you think? Um, I, I thought it was it was exactly what I wanted it to be. I, I worried that what it was going to be was an incredibly safe corporate apology laden sort of thing. That and obviously there's there's been stuff in out of the ESPN article and various things this week about like oh well there's going to be no program between uh, CMFTR and and the elite. Like, that's not going to happen. And that you know maybe that is the case. So I worried it was going to be as yeah like a kind of corporate tick box exercise when he came out and apologized to the fans and then apologized to the elite and he had to do something that felt like it was not really what he wanted to do but it, like legally it's what he had to do and that that would just make the whole thing stink a wee bit but but not the case um, I thought that the the promo was probably the best version of what you wanted it to be given what it seems like people are not ready to do yet which is to you know as he would say be grown-ups come to the table and <laughs> make some money um I in terms of some of my favorite parts of it I I, I like that it, again it felt like a continuation of the presser like it felt it felt like he had walked out of that presser into the arena and started talking because he opens up, up talking about business this is a business it's a business of grown-ups it's not about popularity um, he brought back the tell me when I'm telling lies, which I really do enjoy as as a line. Um, I thought one of the most telling parts of it, I don't know what your take on this is, this, this felt like, because I could, it felt semi-improvised, like there was some stuff he wanted to hit, obviously, and some other things. There's a bit where he says, I love you because you love me. And I think that might be one of the most revealing things that he's ever said. Uh, because it's so true, right? Of course that's true. Um, of any wrestler, um, I love you because you love me. Like, But not many of them would say it in such a sort of nakedly egotistical way, but I guess he doesn't really care. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, well, because that's the whole thing. I, I, I can't remember which bit he said it at, but, you know, he kind of tied in saying, like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, he pointed at all the signs. It was like pro-punk signs and anti-punk signs. And he was like, I don't care what sign you bring. I just care that you you, you care. Yeah, you no apologies, that. no compromises. No. Um, and you like, love me because of that, and I love you because you love me, something like that. Yeah. Um, and like, the, same, the same thing was fun. I, I, I mean, look, he would get his digs in um, to, to you know who, they who must not <laughs> be named. Um, but I, I was I, I was kind of thinking, oh, God, I mean, what if there's some fucking sign that's like, Final Fantasy VII is overrated or whatever. There's people <laughs> that bring those fucking like video game insider joke signs. <laughs> Maybe I'll get on being the elite. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it would have been funny if it was one of them that you could just rip them, but it didn't. Anyway, sorry. I know some um, people really love the video game boys. I mean, obviously the big line was uh, probably the biggest zinger, I guess, from the whole thing, which people are quoting is because Punk had said, David Zaslov calls me one bill, Phil. And we didn't know when he'd said that who that was. No, I was unaware. But that, of course, was what we found out was the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO. He said, yeah, he calls me one Bill Phil because I'm the genuine article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. Yeah, brilliant. An amazing <laughs> line. The king is back, baby. Um, yeah, you always hope from a punk promo you'll get one of those eminently quotable lines that just never goes away. Um Oh, that's you know what it's kind of it's trade as I suppose so and we got one we got one for the ages uh, last night so that that was worth the price of admission alone um, and, and fair fucks to fair fucks to you know the young bucks I'm not always the most complimentary to just because they're not for me but you know they did update their Twitter bio and said if it were 2018 we'd already have a counterfeit bucks shirt available on PWT. Uh, with a laughing emoji. Yeah, I, mean, I I agree. I agree with you with the, the with the the fucks that are fair. Um, that they that they got ahead of it. But the part of me was just like, oh, he's he's sitting watching. Like, <laughs> he's sitting watching it. Will we, will we do a little back? We'll do a little Twitter bio joke, Matt. Yeah, that's a good idea, Nick. That'll be really funny. All our little lame 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 fans will find that really funny because they want us to do a bio joke. It's like, oh, I don't know. Like, is that what you're gonna? Is that is that the extent of your wit? Because, you well, know, also, don't, don't be afraid, boys. Pick up the stick. Get out there. Go toe-to-toe with old Pepsi Phil and but they, the, the, yeah, this, see this how is, you can get on. Well, this is the thing because, and I'd, I'd, I'd spoken to Sandra about this, and then you and I spoke about it last night when we were sitting watching the show. And this, I'm going to try and not tangent off too far here, but there is a point to come back to what you just said about them picking up the mic with him, which is that, you know... The, there's you can a, do it. <laughs> Well, that is the I mean, you that's the bit essentially. But the longer way to get to that was going to be that you know you, there's a lot of pundits on Twitter and stuff who are very pro EW who say that they're balanced and whatever. But they'll say you know they'll come at people who say that the bloodline stuff is like cinema, which you know if you really pick it apart, yeah, you can say that's mental. But like you get what people are trying to say. What was the way you 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 had a really good way of phrasing why. People have said that. Why people have said that? So they they don't literally mean that. So they're not saying that like you could edit together all of the Roman Reigns bloodline segments on SmackDown from the last three years, and suddenly you've got something that's equal to the Godfather Part Two. Like they're not saying that. What they're what what they mean by that phraseology is that it's elevated narrative, right? So 
and, and yeah, maybe that's like a, a wanky way to look at it. Um, I, I borrowed the phrase from elevated horror, which is people kind of trying to group together horror films from the last five, 10 years that they think sort of transcend the genre. And, and that's a wee bit wanky, but, but this is too. And so basically it's just, it, it's undeniable that, that that bloodline stuff is, it's a, it, it's it's well above average for a, a wrestling storyline. So that's why they call it that, because it's like an elevated wrestling narrative. It's, it, it gets the kind of love, it, care and attention paid to it that most, even some of the great wrestling storylines didn't in terms of small details. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not particularly subtle. I mean, if you look at some of the acting, like Paul Heyman is not, is not fucking Marlon Brando, right? It's not that subtle, but, um, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's really good. It's really engaging. And that's what people mean by that. And I, I'm okay with it. I don't think they really mean it's, it's cinema, cinema, right? We get it. Yeah. So, um, so, so but... to that point, so th- there's a, there's a fair amount of pundits who, are sort of like using that phrase that some fans have used calling the bloodline stuff like cinema and kind of making fun of them for it and going like, oh, you know, you wouldn't, this wouldn't be a movie, you know, they overact and da, da, da. But they, at the same time, are the same people who are going, oh my God, you know, this story of the elite and then breaking up and then getting back together is so good. And it's like, it's not really though, because they've never cut promos. They've never said anything on the TV show on Dynamite or Rampage about, if you were to cut together the elite stuff from when it was, you know, uh, the bu- the Bucks and Omega as as heels with Paige as the babyface, the the couple of year thing, and then Paige coming back with them, like if you were to cut it all together and just kind of go, here's the story, a lot of it is just watching twenty five to thirty minute wrestling matches and looking for a spot that gives you like a, a yeah a, you've got you've got to do a lot of work you you've got to do a lot of work to make that narrative work I think and that's fine like because those little I mean those little moments in the matches like it's good that they pay off and that people notice them and they follow them but I don't think it's as, as I feel like when when the viewer has to put more work into making the story cohesive than the actual tv show does which which it is guys it's a tv show um then that's not quite the same thing I don't think um and also like you say um I know people want the people do want the um Punk and FTR versus Omega and the Bucks match. Of course they do. Like people have said that would be a great match for for Wembley and all that kind of stuff. And but I I don't think people are prepared for the fact that I, like you would have to actually really protect Omega and and especially the Bucks if you go into like a a, a promo situation like in the ring opening up a a dynamite or a collision or whatever because I just don't think they could they could do it like they. I mean, maybe they could, but I've not, I, I I've don't, not, seen, I don't I've not they, seen any evidence of it. I've not seen evidence of it. Yeah, I don't they're, not they pro, they're not promo guys. And I also, see, when they do cut promos, sorry, Katie, when they do cut promos, it's always, it's so arch and ironic. Not, not, and, not, and, not. And, it's, and it's like, I don't know, channel some of your anger through something other than your lawyers and maybe you'll make some money to buy some cool new trainers. <laughs> but, but, and, and, and that was my long way of getting to what you were saying about how you know, pick up the mic or whatever. It's like, but they, but they couldn't because whenever they do promos, they are not good actors whatsoever. Like, their thing that they were really good at in terms of interview-style stuff was the BTE kind of, you know, wink-wink, nod-nod, nudge-nudge stuff that they used to do, which was fun. But, um, and even like Omega, when Omega was world champ, I mean, he had great matches, but like, he was a bit like a pantomime dame when he was like, like, like villain, like his, his expressions were so over the top. 
So I just think if you were to put Omega in the box in there with, with Punk, I think he'd annihilate them. Um, yeah, it wouldn't and, even be close. And 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 I think that if they if they had to like write stuff for them to say, maybe it would just. I just don't know if they could do it. Yeah, I've, I like. I mean, I'd, li- I would, I'd like to see them try. I would like to see them try, but I just think snidey little jokes online is probably about as good as we're going to get. Yeah, I think and Omega. Then, I think way. Omega could. I think you could get Omega up to the level of doing a promo with Punk and getting by. I think he could do it, but I just don't think the Bucks are. I don't think that's their style. It's not their style. So, um, perhaps not. But uh, yeah, so Punk uh, then talked about you know the last time people saw him, um, he picked up the bag and he said, you know, last time people saw me, um, I was holding what's in this bag above my head, and it's not because. I had the best dog collar match because I won the dog collar match and this belongs to me until someone can pin me or submit me for it. And then he said, you know, these boots, a lot of people wanted me to uh, leave these boots in the ring. And he said, I'm I'm not walking away into the sunset until there's someone in the company who can fill these boots. Um, and that's when, again, he just puts into the camera, tell me when I'm telling lies. Just chef's kiss stuff. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. What, what I liked most about the promo, I suppose, is the way that it works on two levels. So to illustrate this, the, the, the Warner Brothers CEO guy, David, what was his Zaslav. name? Zaz, Zaslav. 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 Um, so apparently, upon some further reading, this is like not a popular guy. Like he, in terms of like the industry, um, he's a bit sort of cutthroat and all that kind of stuff. So um, someone was pointing out that like the punks are naming him as someone who is a fan of his is sort of weird. It, it, in some people's eyes, it will be um, like shooting himself in the foot by being like, oh, don't say that guy likes you because he's a dick. And I suppose what I like about that is that it's it's just going to push the polarity. So if you like punk, like if you like him, if you love him, that promo will just make you like him or love him more. And if you hate him, it will fuel the fires of hatred. Like everything you don't like about him, you can read that into it as well. So it, it had something for, for everybody in that respect. It's just going to push you in, in both directions. And it, it definitely seemed like this was not happy CM Punk here to work with the young boys and, you know, do, you know, do great things. This was angry, a little bit bitter, um, and so works as a kind of tweener thing. He's not a heel, not yet, but um, it definitely wasn't, uh, he wasn't shaking hands and kissing babies' heads tonight, last night. So that was good. I, I like that about it. And then I think... And, we, for... and obviously that we assume the title's in the bag, although we never saw it, which was a weird choice. Yeah, and I guess maybe they're, they're leading that to next week. Uh, the one thing I think that I took from it, and I, 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 it's just what I'm reading into it, I think the line at the counterfeit box was kind of like, that, okay, that was the agreed line he could do because he has to mention something. You can't really have him commit and not do anything, but there was at one point a fuck the elite chant, and I think yeah. if they were building to an angle, he would have reacted to that. But I think that he, I think for, for people who don't like him, I think that was him showing restraint. I think that was him kind of going, right? I'll yeah, agree, and I'll as, as you that. pointed out last night, the first time they were in Chicago after All Out last year, like, they were prancing around doing... The, the buckshot laddie that he fucked up. Yeah, little gags and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they had it coming. Yeah. Uh, so then we had the Wardlow-Luchsaurus match the TNT title. And, I mean, this 
it was quite a plodding match. You know, we were kind of we were still riding the high of the, the opening promo, so we probably were kinder to it than I think we would have been otherwise. Um, but then a pretty shocking result because Christian kept interfering, and then he ends up taking the uh, the camera from the photographer at ringside and smashes Wardle in the head with it twice. And referee didn't see it, so it just sort of ends up uh, getting the pin on Wardlow and winning the TNT title, and he holds Christian up. Christian's acting like he's just won the world title himself. Um, what did you make of them? Sort of, this is the fifth TNT title change of the year. Fans pop big because it was, a t- it was a title change, so they were happy to see it. What did you make of it? I think uh, a title change on the opening uh, show of of your new run is a smart idea, um, and makes sense um both uh aew extra new shows opened with a title change that somehow involved christian cage um so there's a, there's a fun factoid for people um i think that when you dig a little bit deeper into it i feel a bit bad for wardlow there was a point in time where it felt like he was going to be one of their big stars and he just fizzled out um so this is like the second or third time or whatever that he's lost this title um I actually thought that it would kind of have been... So Christian and the Jungle Boy feud was such a menace on the microphone. Like, I loved it. And a part of me was sort of thinking, maybe it would have been fun just to have, like, Christian Cage be the champ and and have him out weekly, just absolutely scorching whoever his opponent is with lots of... Like, you know, oh, lines and, and all that kind of stuff about them. And maybe that would be more fun. I, I'm assuming, I assume what they're doing here is Luchasaurus is the champ, but Christian's going to carry the belt. Christian's going to act like he's the champion. Um, eventually, there's going to be a turn there where Luchasaurus realizes that he's being used. He's being used as like a big dumb monster by this horrible manipulative person and and maybe that will lead to to them having a match or something like that further down the line. I don't know if that's the gimmick. Um, obviously, Christian has done this kind of thing before. Um, if you go way way back to the Edge's King of the Ring win, where he would you know carry around the the trophy and all that kind of stuff and kind of act like it was something they both did when it, it very clearly wasn't. So there's he's got prior um, to, to this kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I like the title change. Uh, I am intrigued by the dynamic that they might do something kind of interesting with Cage and and Luchasaurus. Uh, I feel a little bit bad for Wardlow. It wasn't the most exciting match, but it was fine. It was it was a fine match and an outcome that has left me intrigued to see what comes next. I'm I'm in two minds about it. I I, I think a title change is fun, like you say, but I do just feel like what are they doing with Wardlow, like. It was like they, they heated him up a little bit again, and then they gave him Arn Anderson, who just is like your nan who has to come to family events. You're like, oh fuck, she's gonna do that wee Glock joke again. We have to laugh. <laughs> and um, you know, he, he's a he's just not like he is not the Arn Anderson that came in and spine busted the Undertaker at WrestleMania 18. Put it that way, he is. No. He is like that man's grandfather. Like he yeah. is just so far removed. So. The partnership with them has been really bad. And then, no, I'm not saying you have to justify or rate somebody on their wins and losses, but I just don't think Wardlow... I mean, he was protected. Obviously, Cage had to do what he had to do, but as a babyface, I mean, Wardlow to me just seems kind of dead. I 
I think putting him back with MGF again would not be the worst idea and turning him heel again because, like, what's he going to do next? You know, who's he going to... It feels like he's in this kind of TNT purgatory situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I worry for Wardlow. I think it's a shame for him, but... Yeah, he needs a story, which is my my overall um, takeaway from this show, which we'll probably get to at the end. So I'll save that. Yeah. But, yeah, he needs a story. Um, we got an interview with Powerhouse Hobbs, who unfortunately still is saddled with QT Marshall as his pal. But Hobbs is in the Owen Hart Cup tournament and said that he will be taking the tournament uh, and winning it. Um, I, I like Willie Hobbs, but yeah, I, I'm, I just QT Marshall is just not for QT me. Marshall. Um, we then had Buddy Matthews versus Kevin Kelly, Andrade El Idolo. Yeah, it's not Andrew Idol or whatever <laughs> he was going to call him. Uh, I'm sure he called him Andrade Edilolo or yeah, Ed- Andre Andre El Andre Idolo and something like that. He kept uh, making. Andrew Ideology, whatever his name was. Um, <laughs> so he, he, he mocked up a few things. But uh, we had this match with Buddy Matthews and Andrade, which um, you, you had pointed out as a very funny sign um, from a fan who was, what was it said about, like, Buddy, don't be sad that... Bobby oh, it, it was it was vaguely rhyming. So the sign that the fan had said something like, Buddy, ain't it funny that Dommy stole your mommy? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, yeah... Um, they're over in two companies, as uh, Rhea Ripley says. So, uh, yeah, that was quite fun. And, you know, I'll take it. Like, Buddy Matthews needs all the help he can get from everybody to be a charismatic <laughs> kind of guy. I know I know he's a good wrestler. Like, I know he is, but he's so boring. <laughs> Very dull. Um, but, I mean, the match was really good with Andrade and Buddy Matthews. Did a really it was good. good. It was good. Although, one of the, I don't know whether you find this so... I understand the appeal of picture in picture and keeping the feed going mm-hmm. on fight. But I actually think it, I mean, it kind of sucks the life out of it a little bit because sometimes you don't notice that they're going to a break and then suddenly everything just slows down yeah. and people yeah. are lying around and it actually, and then you're like, what? what's, what's going on here? No one's talking. And then you, you click like, oh, we're on downtime because they're in an ad break. Um, and yeah. actually it kind of sucks. It sucks the life out of it a little bit, actually. Yeah, it is quite jarring. Um so, but yeah, I, I, th- I thought towards the end it got really good. Um, Andrade went. Oh, I thought it was excellent, yeah. And then obviously, I liked Andrade won by turning the figure four into the figure eight. Um, Indeed. Which is a, a good nod to Big Shaza. Um, and then afterwards, Andrade wants to shake hands with Buddy Matthews. And as Buddy Matthews is kind of deciding what he's going to do, the lights go out, they come back on, the rest of the House of Black are there, and um, they, uh, they beat him up. They are uh, Malachi Black's kneeling over him. The lights go out, so I assume this is going to lead to Andrade finding Rush and maybe Bandido to try and go for the trios titles. Yeah, that would that would probably make sense. That would make sense, and, and that was great. And I, I thought that um, Andrade looked great, uh, and the fans were really into seeing him. You know. I know that he's obviously had kind of mixed feelings about wrestling for the company, but um, he he looked great. They loved him, and there's still a lot of support there. Still a lot you can do with him on collage. On <laughs> collage, um, I do I do think that with Andrade, something I'd like to see them do is I would like to see them do kind of vignettes with him, where like have him in like a dingy bar back area where he's like playing cards and like. Uh, you know, almost be like a kind of mafia boss type guy. Like, just do stuff 
to make up for the fact that we're not going to hear him cutting promos a lot. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what they do. Um, this was just more of a, it felt like it was a, here's Andrade again, here's what he can do, here's how good he is. Um, so, yeah. And then we had a video on Scorpio Sky and kind of talking about his accomplishments, so we'll be seeing him soon. Yeah, and there's a guy that will hopefully benefit from this unofficial brand split. Yes. Um, and then somebody else who was returning was Miro because he was uh, coming out to face Tony Nice, who, uh, I mean, he makes Buddy Matthews look charismatic, does Tony. Yeah, Tony Nice was doing like a Poundland Chad Gable, isn't he, with his whole kind of, <laughs> um, we're all going to do some exercise, guys. It's like, that's like, look, it's not a terribly original gimmick, right? But it would be kind of fun in the hands of someone who could do high camp. Yes, but Tony Nice just isn't. He's just not that guy. Sadly. If you can, if you can do like, I mean, because Mark Sterling is actually very funny, but the problem with Mark Sterling is he's not a star. So that's yeah. The, he he kind of needs to be there. Like, but Mark Sterling's not a big enough deal to then make Tony Nice a star. And Tony Nice is some one of those people that he's very good at, at the in ring wrestling, but he's just got nothing going on um but Miro Miro defeated him about three minutes um no sold most of his offense it was great I love this like I, I I love Miro and he came out with fire in his belly and mm-hmm. was every opportunity he was like gesticulating to that crowd I said to you last night it was like he was working the fucking East Kilbride Town Hall like he was <laughs> every, every chance he get he was like come on like trying to get the crowd into gesturing at them and they were absolutely eating it all up um it was tremendous yeah, because also it's like, I think, and I know you're going to talk about the story stuff at the end of the show, so I don't want you to have to bite here to what I'm saying, but I'm just mentioning it now with the Miro thing. I think that the attempt that they were going for here, we can talk at the end whether it was successful or not, is I think this was a show about reintroducing people and getting yeah. us used to who people are. I think that was the only goal of this episode. It was not really to start anything. Um, but yeah, that was what I got from Miro. And I think, you know, I, I remember when he came into AEW, when he was doing that stupid video game character. And it's like, I like RuPaul's Drag Race, right? But if I was a wrestler, you wouldn't be putting me in a Drag Race gimmick just because that's what I like as in, in, in real life. You know, it, it, it didn't fit him. And um, I, I, I'm hoping now that he's on the Punk show and Punk has sort of said that he is very going to be very hands-on and wants to like help with people. I mean, Miro's someone who he could really benefit helping. Because Miro, Miro can talk as well, so... I think he's got a lot of potential to do stuff on this show. Agreed. Um, then we had the women's tag match with Tony Storm and Ruby Soho taking on Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. Um, I think I think because in AEW for so long, the women's matches were either just very average or the, the people in the matches weren't over. I kind of had a low bar, but this really exceeded it for me. I thought this was really good and having, having Sky Blue's mum helped. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, because Willow Nightingale is someone who, you know, she beat Mercedes Monet, um, obviously quite impromptu because of the injury. But um, yeah, Willow and Sky got the win over Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. We had the paint, the spray paint spot at the end that was the downfall of the heels. What did you think of this one? I thought it was very good. Um, it was nice to have um, like a, a, a baby face team for the, for the women who people just really are behind them like they like them and and obviously um sky blue is uh, a, a chicagoan and 
Uh, they didn't, you know, they didn't have her lose because she's in her hometown or anything like that. They went out, they got the big win, the crowd were into it. Um, it w- when they were coming out, I thought, is this filler? That's a shame. The women get one segment and is this just going to be a bit of a filler thing? But I think they elevated it. They elevated it. Again, not much of a story, but it's um, it was it was feel good and the match really did get going. I thought, I, thought, I, I really liked it. Yeah, Tony, Tony Storm is actually... You know, we've been quite uh, critical of her on, on the, the AEW podcast online, but I think she, in the last few weeks, has really stepped up and become an interesting character, which I don't think she has ever been before. So good for her that she is start, starting to click. Um, we've got a video for Ricky Stark saying he's going to be in the Owen Hart Cup tournament. I feel like what I would like to see with the Owen Hart Cup tournament is have the winner get a world title shot. That to me would be yeah yeah surely something like that would be good. Um, Jeff Jarrett's going to be having a concession stand brawl with Mark Briscoe next week. Very excited for that. I I I love this. So you've got 30, 30 seconds of Jeff Jarrett in ultimate carny mode. <laughs> I just I love it. So first of all, he's calling himself the last outlaw. Yes, <laughs> was that the Undertaker's nickname for a while back? Yes, about 10, 10 years ago. Yes, yeah. it was. Does Jarrett care? Not a fuck. It's like it's mine then. I'll have that. Um, and also this like absolute phony. Like, well, it's not that it's phony, but it's just like, oh, it's this is like the anniversary of the the first ever concession stand brawl, which like my family invented and I created hardcore wrestling. Like, it's just it's just so Jarrett to, to <laughs> take this thing that like nobody's heard of or remembers um, in in the general audience anyway. And it's just like, yeah, we're going to bring that back, and this is part of my legacy. And um, yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying. Bizarrely, I never thought if you told me a year ago, like, oh, you know, Jarrett's going to come in, and uh, I would I would have run a mile. Be like, no, God, please, God, no. <laughs> but actually, it's been kind of fun. And you asked me last night about Karen, um, and I'm enjoying her sort of um, chaotic, hot mess um, stuff that she's doing. So. Yeah, I actually, I hope maybe they turn up on on old college at some point over the next few weeks. Yeah, me too. I would love to. See, I would actually love to see um, a CM <clears throat> Punk Jeff Jarrett match. I think that would be a really fun TV match that to do. Would, that would that would be fun. Yeah, because you could and then imagine like Karen cutting a promo. That'd be great. Um, we had the claim come out for. I mean, it wasn't really a thing. It was just kind of they came out. They did a little rap. They uh, did the first collision scissor. Again, further um, emphasizing your idea that this was an introductory show, and that, and, and there was a few nods on commentary sometimes where they said things like, you know, if this is your first time tuning in, if this is your first AEW show. Now, I don't know what the likelihood is that there's a lot of fresh faces, a lot of fresh viewers coming in to Collision. I, I, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm not, I'm not being cynical about it. I just don't know what the likelihood is that yeah. there's a lot of people who are going to check this out just because it's on a Saturday night and maybe though maybe so yeah this also felt like here are more people who you will be seeing like this is more of our cast and this is their thing they do a rap they do scissors they talk about daddy ass and yeah it didn't really nothing really happened other than that it was just a sort of here they are um so <laughs> which is fine which is fine yeah I think in in, in the moment I think we were a bit like oh Nothing's really happened, but then I think afterwards we come. Okay, it's you know, it's just a kind of fun thing for the crowd. It's something to, you know, let them kind of relax for the main event. Um, 
we got a hype for Dynamite where there's like a million things going on. There's a, a six-man tag where Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara are team with Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, so, even though yeah. from Dynamite this week you were 100% convinced that they were going to do um, Jericho and Sammy versus Darby and Sting, but not yeah. yet, I guess. I feel, I not, feel like... Maybe it's not, rele- not relevant to Forbidden Door, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. I'm, like, I was sure I'd heard that that was booked for next week, so I, I'm, I'm probably got it wrong. But um, then we had... Uh, the main event, JR was joining us in commentary. They they didn't show him obviously because of the 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 face the the black eye that he, he got the face. <laughs> how how very nineteen nineties. We can't show <laughs> we can't show Jim Ross because of his face. What a callback! What a callback! Um, the the voice though was very very hoarse. Oh uh, yeah, God, I know. <laughs> oh, it, was, it, it did get better, but when he first started talking, I was like, "Did you see? Boy. Did you see his tweet after the show?" I did not. Um, so he basically said, um, where is it here? Uh, I apologise for the way I sounded tonight. Going to step away to heal. Thank you for your support. Right, okay. So, Fair play to him. So, yeah, I guess he's going to take a wee bit of time. Um, CM Punk and FTR taking on Samoa Joe, Jay White and Just Robinson. Seeing CM Punk and Samoa Joe in the same ring together um, after seeing them on backstage a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's very odd. Yeah. That was um, that was fantastic. The the a great thing to I mean obviously they weren't saving it so much. Um, they just never got to it when he was around last time. But to have that as something that they, they could use as an attraction tonight was was brilliant. People were desperate for them to be tagged in at the same time as each other. Um, the crowd were unglued um, for it, and and, and rightly so. Um, and they were. spitting venom at each other across the ring. I couldn't quite lip read well enough to know what they were saying, but. They were reigniting that rivalry for sure. Um, I, I've seen a few people online say that they hope that while the two of them are still in one piece and neither of them are injured or falling apart, that they actually get a a, a singles match on Collision um, over the next few weeks. I'd I'd absolutely be okay with it. Um, Kevin Kelly bringing in the history, referencing the trilogy from Ring of Honor back in the day. Um, so that there's there's a there's an inbuilt story there if they wanted to do more with it than. Um, so that was good. I mean, I felt a little bit, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that just Robinson was going to be the one taking the pin. But um, yeah, it, it, it was sort of odd. Like if anybody came out of it, it looking a bit sort of, eh, it was probably Juice and Jay. Um, Joe felt big, Punk, Dax and Cash felt big. So um, yeah, I'm still not entirely, I, I mean, you asked me last night, what, what were my thoughts on, on Jay White? And I just, I just feel like for someone, his his status as a contracted performer felt like such a big deal. And then he turned up on Dynamite and just hasn't really done that much other than like Bullet Club Gold, which I don't know. I'm sure it's selling t-shirts. So maybe that's all they care about. But um, I think this was, this was a good, I mean, last night for Jay White and Just Robinson was a, was a really good night for them. To be involved in this, like it gave them of course, yeah, 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 to be involved in it, yes. But you, yes. but to I don't your know point, they came out of it any more compelling characters, though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but but to your point, before this, it's kind of like, well, who are they? What's their story? I mean, because that was one of the big criticisms, which I guess in a second we'll get to the story, is that this match was just announced, and it was like, well, why is Samoa Joe teaming with Bullet Club Gold? Like, could we not have got a a backstage segment where they bump into Samoa Joe and they go, hey? We've got a match with CM Punk and FTR, but we need a partner. We know you get history with Punk. Do you want? Do you want to get in there with us? Like just set it up in a way. 
because they're not in the story canon. Like we, at least CM Punk and FTR, we know they were together before. We've seen them on t- on screen together, but we haven't seen yeah. Samoa Joe with uh, Jay and Juice. So it would have been nice to get a setup to that. Um, I also thought that um, the Kakina Clutch spot where, I mean, I, I really thought for a, a little bit that they might they might be trying to launch some kind of story with Punk where he loses this first match because Joe has him in the clutch in the middle of the ring and FTR are, are unsuccessfully trying to save him. Um, and they, they really um, ripped all the drama out of that moment that they could. I, I really loved it. I thought it was so dramatic um, and probably one of the, the best moments of the, the whole show, actually. So yeah, fair play to to that being able to. I mean, it, it, it should have been a foregone conclusion that he was going to win. But yeah, for twenty seconds or so, I thought, oh my god, like maybe they're going to do something completely outrageous here and have him lose his first match back. And and it would make sense because he's in the Kakina clutch and Joe is an absolute monster, and um, which is not how they went. It's not. It's not what they went with, which is fine. They they did the ending that made the most sense. But uh, that was a great moment. Yeah, and I um, the match the match was was great. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was great. Um, and in the end, obviously, Punk and FTR got the win. But yeah, that that there was a moment when he was in that kind of clutch where you and I just looked at each other like, no, are they are they going to do this? Like, just in a shocking way, not in a this is terrible, but like we were we were fully buying into the the drama. So, um, so Punk and FTR get the win. Robinson just Robinson's the one to take the pin, which makes sense because he is, of course, the kind of third most important person. And that team. Um, so yeah, I think it was good for Jay White and just Robinson. Um, Punk and FTR stand tall at the end. So a pretty good first episode of Collision, but g- give me your, your thoughts about the story stuff. Yeah, so it was a good first episode and I will say that it, it was a successful launch. Um, I think that the thing that people were most interested in was Punk and you got what you wanted there. He he, he cooked, you know, great opening promo. Um, main event was good. You got all the stuff you wanted from him there. You know, they go to sleep, the shitty match man elbow that he will still insist on doing. Um, so, yeah, everything was there and um, that's fine. I, I think he sandwiched the show, everything between his appearances. Um, it did feel a little bit like as... Um, Stuart was saying about the, uh, the the Simpsons joke about everybody should be talking about CM Punk when CM Punk is not on screen. And there was a little bit of the sense that he was the most important thing on that show last night. And of course he was, but everything else that was good was more like, yeah, that was good. Let's wait and see what happens with Punk. And so I hope that um, he's the cornerstone of the show going forward. Obviously he will be but that everything else sort of steps up a little bit. And, and that's mostly going to come down to story. And I've kind of, I, I mean, I watched Dynamite this week. I thought that it also had the same kind of issues that, that they're just not really on fire right now, giving you sort of narrative storytelling that keeps you hooked week to week. There's a lot of good wrestling and everything kind of seems thrown together by sort of 20 second backstage segments where wrestlers just booking their own matches for forbidden door pay-per-views. Like everything's so forbidden that Orange Cassidy can just make matches. Um, like how forbidden is it really, Tony? How forbidden is it really? So I, I guess what I hope next week brings is not just some great CM Punk content and not just some great wrestling because we know they can do that, 
but the beginning of some narrative hooks, you know, enigmas, things that are going to keep us tuned in week to week to see what's going to happen, what's going to happen next. I'm not saying that AEW needs its bloodline. And also, I feel like this time last year, it got a bit like this in the build-up to Forbidden Door because it's such a roadblock of a pay-per-view because nothing ever seems story-driven. Apart, I mean, I know that Omega and Will Ospreay is, but... You know, it's all just like, well, this is a dream match. This is a match people want to see. There's no story driving it. It's just a fantasy booking sort of thing. So I don't know what next week's episode will be like, because obviously it, it now technically is the go-home show for Forbidden Door. It's the night before. Will we get some surprises? Will we get some fun things? Um, because they'll have people um, around for it. I, I don't really know. If, or will they? Well, I mean, the show next week is from Canada, right? Yeah, in Toronto the night before Forbidden Door. And, and wait, wait, it's Forbidden Door in Toronto. Yeah, same building the next night. Right, that's fine. So, so yeah, there's, there's the opportunity that for people who are going to be at that show to be on Collision, which might give it a little bit of a little bit of a boost. But I think I'm going to think that maybe Collision won't settle into what it's going to be until episodes like three and four, because next week is an outlier because it's right before this crossover show. So. I think that next week will be interesting because I think whatever they do, it isn't necessarily going to be with people that are going to be around all the time. So it, it might be a lot of fun for, for one week. Um, and Just to piggyback yeah, off I that just want, I just want stories. Stories, please. That's what I want. Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback off that, and I know this always sounds like I'm just uh, uh, you know, pouring gasoline in the elite, and I don't mean to, but I think one of the issues that AEW's had in terms of storytelling for the last year or so is that the big storyline has always been, you know, like the elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. And that story is so filled with holes of, you know, like Danielson wasn't with the Blackpool Combat Club for like 12 weeks, but with no explanation. Or Regal's gone, but it's still called the Blackpool Combat Club. And there's no real, you know, reference to him or, or anything like that. Kingston turned up on Dynamite this past week. You know, he turns up and Excalibur said in commentary, oh, you know, uh, Eddie Kingston and Claudio don't get on. And it's like, we got told that last year, but we don't know why they don't get on. And you, you should at least tell us. You know, they should have a promo one time where Eddie Kingston says, you know the reason I don't like you. It's because in ROH, you did this to me or in this, in this indie, you did this to me. Like, just explain it. Because I feel like when you don't, there are going to be a portion of the audience who just don't get as invested because it's not been explained yeah. to them. Yeah, even the um, Danielson-Okada match, that's what's happening, right? That is what's happening. Yes, yes, yes. I I said that and then thought, is that right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, they're just like, oh, it's a dream match. Well, why? Tell me why. Like, you know, list the accomplishments. Like, why is this a big thing? Um, I know, obviously, I know why, right? I know why, you know why. But sometimes I'd like the story to be presented to me. Like, I, I I want it to be told. So... Um, it's like if you watch and... if you watch a big angle happen, like in in wrestling, a lot of the time, like you know, Undertaker Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania twenty six, for example, it's like before that match at that WrestleMania, you got a, a run up that hill video that lasted four and a half minutes that surmised the last four months of storytelling as to why yeah. he got to this point. So it's not about us not you know us not necessarily knowing, but just like enhance it, explain it more, give us more meat to the bone. I agree. I agree. And um, I, I posited this last night to you. So I'm going to I'm going to put it on the pod and we will return to it in, in two weeks time, actually, not next week, but two weeks time to see whether this amounted to anything. So uh, Punk came out with the bag and we assume that he's talking about the title. Like, obviously, that must be what it is. 
Um, lots of conspiracies on Twitter about why we never saw the belt, including that um, they didn't have it um, at the show. And so they just had to like stuff the bag with something that looked vaguely like a title belt. And that's why he never got it out. Um, I thought that he would end the show by bringing out the title and posing with it in the kind of style of previous Summer of Punks, um, but but not to be. So I wonder, and obviously he said, um, not on the mic, but he did reference Max, right? He, he yes. said his name. Um, he mentioned the dog collar and all that kind of stuff, but not directly addressing him. So um, you've got a situation now where you've got a world champion who doesn't like defending his title, is booked to defend it at Forbidden Door and is on record saying he's not going to be there. Like, it doesn't work for me, brother. He's not going to turn up. And then you've got another guy who seems to think that he is the rightful champion because no one ever beat him for it. So is it possible that at Forbidden Door, they do like an angle where we end up getting the punk Tanahashi match that we never got um, last time? Um, because MGF doesn't turn up and that adds fuel to punks. Well, I am the champion fire because I've got the belt. I'm the one that's turning up to defend it at the big shows. Now, the downside to this is I don't know whether punk's ready to do a singles match um, a week and one day into his return. Um, he looked ready last night. Like well, yeah, maybe, maybe. So it would be an interesting wrinkle to their storyline if, and they've never, I mean, we've had, with Punk himself do the whole you know two people with with world title belts who's the champion but I can't think of a time where we've done a storyline like that where one of them is unwilling to wrestle and the other one basically steps up and becomes the de facto champion I think that that feels new and I'd, I'd quite like it it might not be at all where they're going it might not be if they do, close if they, to what they're going to do but it could be fun yeah and if, if they do decide to go and go through with it you it you know, there's that kind of classic wrestling ideology that if you are going to do a bait and switch, that you offer something better or of the same level. And I think that yeah. Punk and Tanahashi would absolutely be at, at a minimum the same level for people. So, and I think yeah. also for me, my my uh, prediction of something that I think might happen is I think when Punk and MGF eventually have this match, which is you know title for title unification, blah 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 blah. I think Punk cheats to win. And that's how the heel turn starts. Oh, that would be good. Because you can kind of do... Oh, I love it. You know, like, kind of like the Shawn Michaels as ref at SummerSlam 97, where, like, mm-hmm. he does what he's supposed to do. And it's like, so, you know, Punk can do this promo. He's like, you, you guys are booing me when I did what I had to do to beat this guy who always cheats. Like, you, you want me yeah, to lose? Yeah, hypocrites. There's so much good stuff there. And... You don't even necessarily need to turn MGF babyface to do it because they, they can just dangle their separate ways. But I think, yeah, I think that's the... If you're going to turn them, I think that's a good way to do it. And you can then, like you were saying earlier about how if you don't like CM Punk, you can kind of take everything that he says and hate him for it. So then you can just kind of dial that up if you want to. Indeed. So, um, before we go, though, should mention the bloodline, uh, I guess, beginning of the Civil War... Uh, yeah, big moment, right. big moment on, on SmackDown. Um, you're out and I'm out too. Double super kicks to, to Roman Reigns, who sold it like he was being shot in the head. Um, incredible drama. Um, and, you know, for everybody who said that they made the wrong call at WrestleMania by having Roman uh, retain the title, look, I'm, I've, it's been a long time 
since I've watched WWE programming weekly with any kind of regularity, but and I'm not saying I'm watching two hours of SmackDown every week, but I have not missed um, a, a Bloodline segment, you know, since since WrestleMania, and have watched a lot more WWE since then because maybe it was the most intriguing outcome uh, to, to see what's going to happen with Reigns and, and the collapse of the and the collapse of the Bloodline. And I saw that they've announced the the Civil War tag match for Money in the Bank. Yep, solo so, Reigns yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, I eagerly await every chapter of of that particular story because it's 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 really well told. And I know some people are they think it's boring or it's gone on too long. And I don't know what to say. Like if, that's fine. Like if you don't like it, you don't like it. Everybody's different. But um, I think it's an an incredibly engaging storyline. Um, well performed by everybody involved, and that. Roman is just operating on an entirely different level with this character, and he is incredible. I, I, as are everybody else uh, around him and making it work. So, uh, yeah, another another interesting twist in the tale. I think it's a big credit to <clears throat> to WWE that they've been able to do to have the massive moment at Night of Champions where Jimmy does the turn and keep the J one for a few weeks later. Like they they gave us like two big things. Yes, yeah, he's it out. Like I, I think three years ago under Vince, that's a one segment deal with the Usos turning. It's not you're not getting all this, you know, slow build stuff out of it. Because I mean, if we were, we would have an example of that in the last ten years, and there isn't one. So no. Um, and then you, it's funny because I've gone back and forth on Cody not winning at WrestleMania, and for the first month when Roman wasn't around, I did think it was a mistake, and I was kind of you know Cody and Brock would be better with the title than, than without. But then when Roman came back, it's kind of like, oh, this all is, is actually better with the title. And Meltzer said something which I think is 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 pretty on spot on, where he said, you know, the test of whether Cody not winning at WrestleMania being the right call or not will come when Roman drops the belt. And the test will be what happened between when Cody lost and when Roman loses. And was that period enriched more by Roman having the belt? And at this point, it is enriched more. By him having I, it, so. I think so. I, I really, I really do think so because the the uh, the, the titles are, it has to be the last thing that he loses. Right? He's going to lose everything else. He's going to lose the twins, and then probably tension with Solo. Maybe he loses Heyman, and so by the end he's you know the Mad King. Um, all he has left is the throne, is the crown, and then that has to be the last thing that gets taken away. And what I think, what I think will pay off really well is hopefully remember the. The co- the Cody promo where he told him what was going to happen to him, mm-hmm. like you know you're going to lose Jay, you're going to lose blah blah blah, and so when you finally get to do the video package where you play what Cody said was going to happen alongside the footage of all that stuff actually happening, and and that's when Cody comes back and and takes and takes the last thing away from him, and 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 Reigns is completely broken, and then we'll hopefully. Take a bunch of time off before coming back is like the biggest baby face of all time. <laughs> um, baby face tribal chief um, will be will be fun too. There's still there's still a lot of mileage out of this, I think. So um, I'm looking forward to Money in the Bank. Yes, uh, yeah, same, yeah, um, same here. Uh, listen, we'll be back next Sunday to talk about Collision pre Forbidden Door, um, and then mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see where things are going to go from there. 
Um, episode episode two of the Collision Comcast with CM Spunk. <laughs> there is actually, if, if anybody's not seen it, there is a great video. I'm gonna so I'm gonna retweet it just now so that you can go and check it out. But basically, there's this uh, like digital exclusive on WWE on WWE's YouTube channel or something, which is Roman Reigns after the shows went off the air on last on, on Friday night. And there's this uh-huh. it's just like so perfectly done. So like Roman's kind of sitting and he's just about to get up and like the camera's in front of him, but he's not looking at the camera. And as he gets up to, as he gets up, um, the bit of the Usos song goes, it's not paranoia, it's the Usos. And Roman turns his head. Oh, it's, it's just this like perfect little moment that's like the show's off the air, but he's still doing this stuff to the music of the Usos to like give an extra moment. It's just next level, so it's worth And it. when Collision went off the air, I believe you retweeted the um, Punk CM. and FTR brought a fan into the ring. Yeah, they brought or a fan, fan sign into the ring. Yeah, they brought a fan sign support LGBTQ plus youth rights, which if, you know, if you've got your finger on the pulse of what's going on, that's a massive issue right now. So the fact that they're bringing it up is, is great. And, yeah. uh, and 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 to be fair, I think Mr. Kenny Omega has also done something kind of similar. So so maybe maybe not maybe, everybody is quite so terrible. I I think it's well within possibility that in the next twelve months we get CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. I think it's more likely than not, to be honest. Yeah. I just don't think we'll we'll have the counterfeits involved. I don't think those counterfeit bucks will be there. <laughs> um, so I was thinking, usually at the end of these podcast that we have done well not these podcasts because this is a new podcast but uh-huh. you usually say to pick a song yes and then i i, talk, I mean I, i'm assuming that this podcast opened with saturday night's all right for fighting i'm assuming as, as it will every week and even if tony it, gets rid of it we will not be getting rid of we it. will not get rid of it um but i think uh, now it will not all i wouldn't always suggest that we close with an elton number but <laughs> i think there is an elton john song oh i know the one uh, is this talking um, about your return Synonymous no, 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 oh. no, 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 no. So we're not this playing one, the bitches back. We're not playing the bitches back. I think that we should end with this, um, with the the soothing sounds of of this Elton John song, which I would like to dedicate to um, CM Punk, Ace Steel, uh, the the counterfeit bucks, <laughs> Twinkle Toes, Kenny Omega. Um, this is Elton John's. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. <laughs> it's a bit of a ballad. It's a bit of a dirge, but I think that it's the most appropriate elt cut um, for Sorry these guys. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. God, you're you're making my Google searches be be on 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 the nose today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll finish with Elton John. We'll just play the full song because you know maybe it'll get to them. Maybe they can all just make this work. And give us something good. Yeah, um, what I got to do to make you love me? <laughs> what I got to do to make you care? It's like get to the table, counterfeits. Get to the um, grown-ups table. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, for all your support. And if you're listening to this in the main feed, this will be the podcast you get every single weekend on Patreon. So do go and pledge and subscribe over there. Robert, thanks for returning. No problem. Give us your fucking money. <laughs> You're not getting this again for free. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Bye, everybody.
It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.